Welcome to the Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. Aaron Gowell sometimes describes himself as the token train guy. He's used to trains getting short shrift from the traveling public, especially in the U.S., but the CEO and co-founder of Silver Rail is on a mission to make it easy to book rail travel online by building a digital infrastructure for the global rail industry. At the Skift Global Forum recently, Gowell talked about the difficulty in booking travel across multiple platforms and modes of transportation. And he joined me, Skift editor and podcast host Hannah Sampson, backstage in the Skift Take studio for an encore discussion. This mini-episode is one of several conversations we're bringing you from backstage at the Skift Global Forum. The Skift Take Studio series is presented by MasterCard, a payments technology company that is enabling loyalty, security, and data solutions for the global travel industry. So you called yourself the token train guy. Yeah. Do you really feel like trains and yeah, you I, don't get that much respect it's, and why it's and a why bit of a joke just because well it's twofold no one's ever tackled trains before so i'm the only guy who's kind of taken a crack at this that's a piece of it but the other piece is you know dark kazar shahi's up there on every single panel at every conference saying roughly the same thing every single time and uh you know, and he has investors, so he can only say so much, really. But then you just repeat that again with every OTA and then every publicly traded hotel company. And, you know, sometimes you feel like you're getting overwhelmed by roughly the same message. And so uh, so I was, I was sort of making fun of the that part of it. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like more fundamentally trains just don't get that much respect? And well, definitely why? in the States. I mean, trains just don't matter here. Um, in Europe, if I'm at a European conference, like this is a pretty key topic because this is how people move around in Europe. Um, rail is very heavily used uh, four times more frequently than air over there. So it's a current top of mind thing. Uh, in the States, rail just isn't really happening, and nor will it happen, by the way. Um, I actually start every investor meeting of the new investor by saying, let me make this absolutely clear. The U.S. is a non sequitur in this entire story, and it doesn't matter. It's never happening here. And that's not to say that I don't hope that it does. Yeah. It's just it's a it's a the market has some weird dynamics to it. So rail any travel conference, most people aren't that familiar with the product. So um, I'm kind of making fun of it from that point of view. So do you do you really think that um I mean, I guess we have Amtrak here. New York is, is I take a train every day yeah. to work. Yeah. Um, there are some pockets where, where train travel is common. Works really well. Yeah. yeah. Is, the, is the problem that there's just not the infrastructure or there's not the desire? We all love our cars it's too a, much. It's a little bit of the desire side. I'll, I'll tell you this one story, and I actually think this is at the heart of it. If you've ever taken the train from Boston to New York, the train slows down for a chunk of time. It goes like 15 miles an hour. You ever wonder why that is? It's because the neighbors right there are rich and they sued for a sound ordinance. There's never going to be a high-speed train that runs through there. They've got great lawyers. Everybody in America has great lawyers. <laughs> and we believe in our lawyers more than we believe in sort of social, like, hey, let's all get behind this big idea. And, you know, the one thing I do love about the Chinese, they basically say, if you live between this point and this point, you are moving 15 feet to the left because mm -hmm. we're running a train track right through the middle of it. And everybody says, yep, that's what we're doing. And so the Chinese have invested uh, last year alone $120 billion in high-speed rail. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the U.S., 
the last package from Obama around rail was something like, I forget exactly the number, but it was like a $10 billion over a four-year period. You know, that they did that on Tuesday last week. You know, it's in China. So it's just not <laughs> meaningful here. Um, it may happen someday, but I'm just not holding my breath for it. Yeah. What do you think are the factors that make now the right time to, I don't know if disrupt rail is the right is the right word, but um, to do what you're doing yeah. in rail. Well, it, it's a lot of big social factors. In Europe, I'll tell you a little story. They had uh, they did a study on what are the 10 best ways to reduce CO2 emissions in Europe. Uh, number one recommendation was use Skype, don't travel. Number two was Crap. invest in high-speed rail. Um, and the reason for that is that these trains go downtown to downtown. They carry three times the number of people as a jumbo jet. Most of the time, they already own the track. They may need to upgrade it to be, you know, fast, but they own the real estate and the technology already exists. These trains, the fast ones, are doing um, – the Japanese are testing out a train right now at 400 miles an hour. I mean, that that's a jet on the ground. And so if you can run at those kinds of speeds, you know, if there was a European high-speed train between Boston and New York, that would be a 50-minute train ride. Five zero. Five zero. Now imagine that if it was a fifty minute train ride, you'd like go down to the city for dinner and a theater show with your wife. You know, you'd be like, Hey, let's go let's go hang out in the city for tonight. You can't do that now. It's a four and a half hour drive because some lawyer said you can't go more than fifteen miles an hour on this stretch here next to my big fancy McMansion. Um, <laughs> and that's the core of the problem here. So um, um, but yeah, so in Europe there are huge investments. Uh, in just Europe alone, they invested $200 billion uh, over the last couple of years just improving infrastructure. And every time one of these high-speed trains shows up, if it's less than four hours travel time, it takes half of the market share away from the airline that was on that same route. And so, you know, you look at like London to Paris, that used that was the busiest air route in the world once. Now that nobody takes the plane between those routes, right? It's, it's two hours downtown to downtown. Um, you'd never take a plane between those cities these days. So that's the dynamic that's happening. And they're just trying to, you know, replicate that across all those big cities. So what is what is the challenge for you um, in order to make Silver Rail be like the go-to for, yeah. for people who no, are? There, there are two broadly big challenges for the business. One, you've got to tie into every one of these suppliers. And it takes time to build relationships with all of these big businesses that are basically government monopolies who are not used to working with outside parties. So you got to convince them to do that. So for example, next month, I'm going to Japan to meet with the JR East, which is one of the railways, and they've never connected to anybody externally before. So I'm betting that's going to take me a little while. Um, so we'll see. So that's part of it is, is about the industry waking up. Uh, and then the second part of it is about people like Expedia, as an example. You know, yeah, we went live on them last week, but I started talking to Dar about that five years ago. Um, they were really focused on their hotel business. They've got to make that work, right? I mean, that's the big dog fight right now in the travel industry. So he always wanted to put rail up there, but it was a question of when can we prioritize it? And I called rail the can that you kick down the road. You're like, oh, well, we just got to do this one thing first, and I'll just kick this to the next year. And that's what happened. We got kicked twice in their budgets, and but it finally happened, and the rest of the world will get there. I think the positive side is anytime Expedia's added a new product, all the rest of the travel space are lemmings and follow them immediately. Um, I did this in my last business. I got Expedia to sell the very first cruises online. Mm -hmm. um, the day we did that, every within six months, we had every deal in the space and they all were live and selling cruises because if they do it and differentiate, 
everybody else has to have it too. So hopefully that will happen here and that will be the catalyst that gets the ball really rolling. Um, but it's going pretty well. I mean, we've got uh, 250 people now um, doing huge amounts of transactions. You know, it's turning into a, a real business. Everyone's talking about like frictionless, seamless experiences on mobile. Like why why do we still have to use five apps uh, <laughs> to, to like plan a trip and book a trip? Yeah, it's uh, well, mostly because people figured out how to solve one simple problem and then they built a wall around it said, I'm not sharing any of this information. I'm the Uber and I'm not going to work with Lyft or anybody else. Um, I think some of that will open up. Uber's doing it now. They'll They'll license out their API and let you book that stuff. They want to see that stuff integrated. So I think they're probably a bit more forward thinking than many of the other folks are. But on the other extreme, you know, take a look at uh, uh, Google. You know, in some senses, they're great actors, but they can also be bad actors. Uh, so ways that which they bought for a billion dollars, they will not let anybody else have access to that data. That's a walled garden. They view that customer data around what you're doing in a car is their data. Um, and Uber tried to do a deal with them for a long time to get real-time data around where those cars were, and Google just said, no way. So, you know, even your biggest, best players, they still want to hold on to some things and keep them proprietary. So it'll take a while to see those walls come down. All right. 